Welcome to the ITAD Talk Podcast with your host, Jeff Bittner. So welcome to ITAD Talk this morning, uh, where we have conversations with luminaries, visionaries, and innovators. And this morning, we have a very special guest, Chuck Ciccarelli, and he's with the Inventive Group, uh, one company, four brands, and he's got a really interesting story. He took a $300,000 a year tow truck company to a multi-million dollar manufacturing company. And I first met Chuck on after seeing him on this television show called The Blue Collar Millionaires. And I was so interested in how he uh, used lean process and manufacturing to uh, make his business run so much more efficiently, effectively. And uh, I reached out to him and he was very kind to have a conversation with me and helped help me out, gave me some resources. So I'd like to go ahead and welcome Chuck to our podcast. Uh, good morning, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I, w- I was wondering if you could just tell us, kind of walk us through that story just a little bit about how you kind of started your, your business. <laughs> yeah, it's, I got to pick the starting point because it's a very long, um, long journey. But, you know, I, I think the point where I'd like to pick it up is we we had a towing company and would go out and tow vehicles and would get calls from police. And just to give you an idea, the area we covered was 90 miles in almost each direction. So imagine at three in the morning, in the middle of a snowstorm, you get called to go recover a vehicle that's 60, 70 miles away. And we were consistently showing up with the wrong equipment you know, we would not get the right information. So we started inventing towing equipment for tow trucks to make that job easier. And one of the big inventions was a side puller, which is a crane you mount on the roll bed, you know, the flatbed tow trucks. And it would allow you to recover a vehicle off the side of the road. You could winch it up and then winch it onto the flatbed. And all of a sudden, um, other tow truck distributors started calling us saying, hey, can I buy that from you? And we started building these products and selling them to them. And I was consistently struggling with how to, one, grow a company, and two, how to consistently build products. And I come across this company called Toyota, and I immediately became just enamored with them. Like, and I I don't know if you knew this, but even today, so several years ago, they opened up all of their patents to the world regarding renewable resources uh, and said, here they are, free of charge, come take them. And we don't want nothing in return because we just believe it's going to build a better, you know, a better, better world. And that that's currently they reopened it again. I just did some research on that and they're doing it again. And I found it interesting that the, you know, uh, I always get the names backward, but I believe it was Sakichiro Toyota 
and it's T-O-Y-D-A, who invented the loom way back when, and they had Toyota Loom and Weaving and, or Loom Works, and, and the story goes that, well, he, he wanted to do something to help the women in the village. He noticed that their hands were, you know, their, it was very hard on them. And so he set about to make a better loom to help them. You know, it wasn't all about money. It was about helping them. And then uh, he became very well known for judoka, which is uh, stopping the machine when the machine had a problem. And anyways, I'm trying to accelerate this story so nobody gets bored. But when he made, he sold it and to the, I believe their name was the Platt brothers. And when he sold the company, he took the family fortune to his son, Kiichiro, and he said, I've done my part to help Mm. the world. You take this money and you go do your part. And I just thought that was fascinating. You know what I mean? That, that he, that he, that he would, he says, you go do your part. So his son said, well, I want to build cars. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, you know, just to, I don't know if you know, but in 1928, how many Model A's do you suppose Henry Ford produced in a year? Uh, in 1948, you said? 28. 28. Uh, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Okay, I'll guess. I'll say uh, Uh, 10,000? 1.6 million. Oh, wow. (laughs) Nobody gets that right. I didn't (laughs) either. And I was thinking to myself, so it was approximately every 27 seconds, 24 hours a day, a Model A rolled off the assembly line. And this young man in Japan with very little money said, dad, I want to take the family fortune and I want to go compete against Ford. Wow. And that's what I thought. Wow. And, and the story goes on that in the fifties, you know, Ford was, they had slowed down a little. They were doing like 1.2 million cars a year. And, Toyota was doing two or 3,000, and Keiichiro went to uh, Taichi Ono, a, uh, a very uh, intelligent engineer, and said, hey, and told the whole company, we need to catch Ford, and I'm giving you four years to do it. Oh, my gosh. And this was right after the war. You know, after they'd been mm-hmm. bombed, there's no infrastructure, right. and everybody said, hike which means I accept the challenge. Wow. And I thought, I mean, I just found it a very compelling story. And then as we started reaching out for help, it, it was astounding to me that this company is offering 50, I think they're almost 60 years in business now, offering all of that. Um, dang it, I forgot to shut my phone off. Offering all of that advice free of charge to anybody that wants it and they're saying you know don't mimic us be better than us and 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 so i just started consuming books and you know what i mean uh, met paul akers and uh, just 
started surrounding myself in the lean community. You know, I, I can tell you one thing. So when I was growing my business, I got very frustrated thinking, how do we build perfect clones of ourselves? right? You know, because early in business, you believe as well as I believed, I'm sure, you would get frustrated because employees wouldn't do it the exact way we wanted it done, right? And they didn't get caught up in the vision. And I got very frustrated, like, how am I going to build this company if I can't find super talented people? Um, and I came across a sentence in one of their books, and it said, the first assumption when an employee makes a mistake should not be that the employee made the mistake, but rather there's a flaw in the system mm -hmm. that allowed the mistake to occur. And that was like a revelation to me because I all of a sudden said, hey, I don't have to have perfect people. I have to have perfect processes. Do you see what I mean? We never blame the person. We always blame the process. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually, and, I'm actually taking notes here uh, as you're talking. <laughs> and, and it's just been life-changing. And we, we just took that and ran with that, and we've been working on robust processes. And then I started to realize, you know, we don't have much of a battle plan for when the seas are rough. And I remember, if, I, mm -hmm. if memory serves me, you and I first met, you were going through a hurricane shortly after, right? Correct. Uh, uh, Correct. Flooding. You had water coming into your building and yeah no actually we we were fine as far as as the water but our, our power was out for about a week power. a week's time period and uh yeah i mean after talking to you and, and some of the resources that you gave us i mean we totally restructured our company uh we have different management in place now and uh, every employee has what's called a KRA, which is a, a key results area that, um, you know, might be like three really important things that they're responsible for. And, and what, one of the things that I really like about that is it's like an example is like if you have a janitor and his job is to, uh, you know, to sweep the floors and one day there's a spill and he says, well, hey, look, you know, my job's to sweep sweep the, the floor and now there's a spill. So you would change his KRA and it would say your job is to keep the floors clean. So there, there's an outcome for every person. So every person knows what winning looks like and it's really easy to uh, see if that standard is being met. Don't forget to subscribe and like the show on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you listen.